Welcome to this week's Better Rivals podcast. My name is Oscar Aparicio, and this week, the 49ers fell short against the Cardinals and lost 17-10. The 49ers are 2-3 and three and need to start climbing if they're going to push for the playoffs this season. And with me this week, pausing his turnover celebration just to join us for this podcast, it's David Newman. <laughs> you know, I don't really like pausing my celebration either, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. How'd you feel about the uh, the Kyler Murray celebration in the end zone by Jimmy Ward? Do you feel like that was the beginning of the end? That was the uh, omen? Man, I, yeah, like, I mean, it's kind of funny, obviously, but it's it's also like, you know, do you really need to go Don't there the bear. when you're, yeah, when you're losing and like uh, not exactly on the best path right now? Like, I don't know if it's a great look, but you know, whatever. I, all I remember when it comes to team celebrations at the camera where the defense is going crazy is the one in the Super Bowl after the turnover um, that was basically like, OK, you're, we're celebrating. But man, still feels a little early. Uh, I just feel like these team celebrations, they don't they don't usually end well. They don't usually end well. But man, it's been uh, it's been a hell of a week. Uh, I went to Texas OU yesterday. Uh, for those on the live stream, uh, this is sunburned me. Um, so I don't get sunburned often. Uh, and I, you know, wore sunblock did the thing, but there's, you know, there's a little bit of pink up in this place. Um, and, and yeah, that was a stunner. That was a heartbreaker. That sucked. Uh, and then A&M won. Uh, and as a Texas fan, that sucks. Uh, and then here I am Sunday. That sucked. <laughs> it sucked. It sucked. Cause it, this was, this felt like a winnable game. Uh, and yeah. I think Shanahan post game said Lance played well enough to win. Uh, and, and the Niners just couldn't pull it out. And, you know, on the one hand, I think you can take away the positive and it's like, this is one of the best teams right now, record wise in the NFL. And the Niners were able to go blow for blow for most of the game. Um, and just, it was a couple plays that cost them. Yeah. I think like if you would have told me, I mean, they ran nearly an identical number of plays. So the, the 49ers ran 59 plays, Arizona ran 60 plays. The 49ers had a full yard per play more than Arizona did. And if you would have tried to tell me that before this game started, I would have probably laughed in your face. Like, just I, I would have not expected that to be the case at all. And, and so, yeah, I, I think especially what they did defensively, which we'll we'll get into here in a minute, um, was, was very impressive. Um, and then, yeah, I think offensively it was a little ugly at times. But, like, overall they did – enough there i think and they just couldn't capitalize on i think some some key situations yeah you look at what shanahan did for trey lance in this game and it was a lot of what you saw in the game last week but just kind of on a different level you see a lot of you know two-man routes which is not uncommon for shanahan but it did look like he was trying to give him really defined reads i did notice that the routes were further downfield like his his routes didn't feel like they were as bunched up in the quick game area or in that shorter area of the field. Maybe it was because Lance was holding the ball a little bit longer, and and I'm sure we'll get to a bit more once we see the all twenty two. But it looked like just routes in general were deeper down the field, and and they were trying to take advantage of his arm and his ability to get down the field. Um, and a couple times he was able to do it. Yeah, I feel like they they took advantage of some stuff maybe uh more in the intermediate area outside. Uh, the numbers, you know, especially like there, there are a few throws that he had on kind of some outcuts more toward the sideline that you don't really see from Garoppolo at all. I, I think like the 
most of the play action stuff I think was very similar and and they just I was a little surprised they didn't do a bit more boot stuff a lot of it was play pass you know where so he's staying in the pocket so you get the play fake there but he's um you know still still within the pocket not looking to get outside or anything and and that's where they get a lot of the you know the two man stuff where you've got you're essentially two receivers that are further downfield and then typically somebody for uh you know that you have for a check down and I think the the main difference in why it maybe felt that way is like Lance just doesn't check the ball down. Like his check down is I'm going to take off. And, and so whereas with Jimmy, you end up with a lot of those shorter throws because if he doesn't get the look that he likes downfield on on some of those intermediate things or especially the deeper stuff, like he's just going to kind of dump it off to juice or dump it off to the back. And, and you're going to get these plays, you know, for a few yards or, or whatever. And so it feels like a lot more underneath throws. And here it's just like if if Lance doesn't like what's happening downfield, his reaction is to take off, which I don't think like, you know, it, it isn't always Not great, bad. but it, it obviously yeah. works out in their favor sometimes as well. And he's able to create some plays. So, yeah, I, I think like it, it was just, I think, a very simple version of what they do offensively. Like it wasn't anything terribly new outside of the run game stuff, which we knew was um, was going to be there, of course. But it, at least as far as the passing game went, I think it was just like heavy play action we're gonna get you know our, our simpler concepts out there um you know just kind of high low stuff uh in the middle of the field for him building a little bit more uh, of those outcuts to the sideline and yeah not really give him a, a ton else to go on you saw a little bit of what makes lance so exciting in this game and it was just like a little bit in spurts part of it was what he was able to do with his legs and, and in some cases, maybe, you know, the runs weren't the best decision, but in some cases it was his legs that kept the Niners in the game. And, and you've got him picking up first downs. You know, he was just inches away from getting that touchdown on the fourth down at the goal line. And I think that's, that's a good play by the defense. It really is. And, and it, it's that you compare that to the play that he had in college where he bowls over like two FCS defenders. And, <laughs> and these, these are not FCS defenders anymore. Like you can't bowl through them into the end zone like you could yeah. in college. And I think that's, that's a lesson that he's going to learn. And he probably learned it today. And, and I think that you, you, the thing that really excited me, though, was when you can start to see all the different areas of the field that he can attack, especially that throw out to the sideline to Ayuk, where it was just a perfectly thrown ball out to the sideline in a spot where only the receiver could catch it or was going to go out of bounds. I mean, it was probably one of his best throws of the day, in my opinion. Um, and and that's the kind of stuff that you're like, okay, when he gets more comfortable with everything else, this is the kind of stuff that you hope to see regularly. And and that's the exciting part of Trey Lance. And that's why I think, you know, if, if you're super excited, he also didn't look nearly as skittish this game as he did last game. Um, there were still some, some iffy moments, but that's the excitement that Trey Lance brings. And I thought that you got to see a bit more of it in this game than you definitely did last week. Yeah, this l- reminded me a little bit more of of college Trey Lance in the passing game. And in terms of like, yeah, there there are times in the throw to Ayuk that you're talking about there that, you know, is is super tight coverage that he's able to put away in, in a spot that only uh, his guy can get it, I think is a great example of this. But there are times when yeah, like the the footwork seems to be in place and, and he throws on rhythm and, and everything kind of looks good. And then there are times when it's just a fucking mess and it's just like it, it everything looks awful. Like his feet look awful. The timing's awful. The accuracy is awful. Like, and, and so it's just like, 
a real roller coaster in the passing game, which is is kind of what I expected from him, you know, based on what we saw in college, because that was kind of where he was at. And it was going to take time if he was even able to, you know, if he was ever going to be able to kind of smooth those things out, it wasn't going to be something that happened right away. And and so I think, yeah, we saw a little bit of the, the interception, I think, is a good example. Um, you know, the 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 on the second to last drive where he kind of has that ball that's behind Ayuk on the third and four play. Um, that's there is another example. I think uh, Mark Sanchez did a great job calling out. There was one um, play where he has he's hot off of an un, unblocked rusher that's in his face there. And he just kind of looks a little nonchalant about it. And he doesn't his processing doesn't speed up like he's not looking to get the ball out. Uh, a, a little bit quicker and kind of you have to hurry that process a little bit because there's nobody there to block that guy that that is your guy you are responsible for him and so if he comes you need to know immediately where you're going with that ball and and it just didn't feel like he did so he hangs on to it for an extra beat and his arm ends up getting hit as he tries to get it out right so yeah there, there are um just some times where I, I think you still see some of those issues uh creep up and i don't really expect that that'll be going away anytime soon yeah it's definitely you, you get the sense that there's probably something that's going on if if we take some some lessons about what shanahan is trying to tell us by how he's calling the game and what he's doing with lance i think it's definitely a situation where he's going to need some time, you know, maybe not getting reps in order to get through some of this processing stuff and get some of the and get Shanahan to a place where he feels comfortable calling all of the concepts that he feels like he wants to or needs to play with Lance. And that's why he is adamant that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to remain the starter and be the starter. I think he said in the post game that that's still the case. Garoppolo, when healthy, is going to come back and be the starter. He had a chance to go, I guess, this week. That's why he was doing warm-ups pregame. He couldn't do it. And so I think that they're hopeful that he can do it after just the bye week and then come back and begin to play against the, you know, now the the schedule easing up a bit. Hopefully the Niners are able to, to stack together some wins. But But you also look at one of the big departures in this game outside of the starting quarterback, and it's what Shanahan did on fourth down um, because all of a sudden his, you know, kind of aggressiveness on fourth down increased. And and we talked in the pregame preview about what the Niners needed to do on third down. Now we expand it to fourth down. Yeah. And and that's one of the things that we thought the Niners needed to do well to convert on third down. And they didn't do so hot. Um, and so you put that together with their fourth down, you know, lack of success. And you get drives that could have been extended that weren't. And when you lose a seven-point game, it's some of that stuff that ends up getting you. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you uh, you end up going 3 of 11 on third down. You know, we we do see a bit more aggressiveness and going for really most of the fourth downs. I mean, it wasn't until... All uh, except for one. Yeah, very late there when they kicked that field goal. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, it was, uh, it, it was just they couldn't get enough there in some of these critical situations, right? And, and you just need some of those conversions to keep drives alive. In some situations, we're talking about the difference between points and no points, right? Like you look at the fourth down uh, that we talked about a little bit there, which is Lance getting stuffed at the goal line. And like, that's a huge play for you, right? Like that's, it's the right decision to go, but it's like, I mean, we're talking inches away from that being seven points and and really kind of changing the outlook of this game. And so they, they just couldn't convert whether it was stuff like that or whether it was shooting themselves in the foot with penalties or whatever it might be, you know, like it, it, they just didn't do a good enough job in the critical situations that you'd need to have some success in, 
if you're going to find a way to win these games. Yeah, and it's it's so I, I wonder why do you think that Shanahan went for it on so many fourth downs? Because I think it was probably a combination of new kicker, and I think that he really do think he really does think that Trey Lance is an advantage on in, in on short yarded situations or when it's like goal to go situations. And so I think that his mindset is a little bit more aggressive because of his quarterback. But I do think this has to do more with the kicker than anything else. And, and it's just, it's such good process when you're thinking to yourself, yeah, you've got to score points against this Cardinals team because you don't know what's going to happen, whether, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is going to catch up, you know, a ball like he does, or Rondell Moore is going to break one. What a ridiculous catch by Rondell Moore, by the way, on the sideline. That That was absolutely bonkers, but that's what the Cardinals can do to you. And it was such a sound process to think to yourself, I'm not going to beat these guys with three points. I'm going to actually win with touchdowns. Because um, even if he goes for the field goal on two of these third downs or fourth downs, you still lose the game, right? It's yeah. still 16-17. And yep. so it's like you, you, know, you take the points. But no, it's like the, the process is sound. Score the points, increase your chances of winning percentage, and and ultimately try to win the game. Um, and I, I hope that he continues that aggressiveness. I just think it's going to revert once we get that field goal, once Rob Gold comes back. Yeah, I, I think it probably is, and I think it's because I don't I don't think the process for how he's getting there is actually sound because I feel like we've seen this before in times when Jimmy hasn't been in. And and it's almost like I think his thought process is almost the reverse. Like when he has a worse quarterback in there, for some reason that makes him believe that he wants to go for it more. Right? Like I I just feel like we've seen this in random games here and there. And so I don't know. If it's that that's driving it, I don't know if it's a, a game plan specific thing that they just like kind of pre-determine that they're going to be a bit more aggressive in these situations because of some certain matchup thing that they see or, or some deficiency that they see in, in that opposing team's defense in, in those situations. Like, I don't know what what's driving it, but I do feel like we've seen this for for these very short spurts previously, usually when Jimmy's not in there. And then, yeah, it, it obviously hasn't stuck to this point. Like, so I, I really don't see any reason why this would be different. And, and I don't imagine that we are suddenly seeing Shanahan turn into Riverboat Ron here and is just going to be going for I all these fourth it. downs. Yeah. And being a, a hyper aggressive uh, head coach suddenly. So, yeah, I, I think it's it, that combined with obviously the the kicking situation um, is what kind of p- jumps to mind for me is like why that's happening right now. But yeah, no, no faith that that will stick around. Yeah. But it was ultimately, I think it was good. I think that while it may not stick around having the team go for it in fourth down situations and having it not be the unmitigated disaster that people thought it would be where like all of a sudden you're giving the ball back and they're scoring points. It's like that doesn't happen all the time. People, I think aggrandize what's going to happen if you don't get it on fourth and short. It's like sometimes they just punt the ball back. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's sometimes just what happens because they're backed up or, or for whatever reason. And and that's you know, that's why it's good sometimes to go for it. Uh actually it's good in a lot of instances, and in, in which case the Niners, I think, did that this week. Now we're gonna talk about the 49ers defense, a unit that kept the team in this game. But before we do that, we're gonna hear just a brief word from our sponsors because this week's pod is brought to you by Tick Pick. 49ers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets. That's because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all your NFL tickets. 
TickPick got rid of all of those service fees that all the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. If you don't believe it, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 100% of the difference in the purchase price. You can get tickets to an away game like lots of people in Arizona did this week, making that Arizona stadium sound louder than Levi's. It sounded really, really awesome. If you were a Niners fan, lots of juice chants, and I'm sure lots of those fans bought, uh, well, hopefully, if they listen to this podcast, they bought those tickets using TickPick. You can go to TickPick.com slash Rivals today and use promo code Rivals to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's TickPick.com slash Rivals to get yourself some tickets. Part of what kept the Niners in this game was the performance of the defense. And man, despite Josh Norman deciding that he wanted to <laughs> mug DeAndre Hopkins several times, the defense is still continuing to play well enough to win games. And a big question going into this season was how D'Amico Ryans was going to perform as compared to Robert Sala. And I think so far he's performing well. They had a really good plan against Kyler Murray to try to keep contain on him. And, and it was really, really interesting to see D Ford almost like lined up out in the slot and come in just so that he could keep contain. And the ends are rushing yeah. upfield. They're not rushing to the quarterback. I mean, this is definitely something they coached them to do because they knew Kyler's tendencies. They knew he liked to sink back in the pocket and then kind of whip around. And, and they did it to great effect. They lost contain once and it cost them at the end of the game. But overall, they had a good, solid plan. And, and it really, I mean, holding the Cardinals to 17 points, you think to yourself, you can win that game um, because no, no one has held them under 30 yeah. coming into this game. And the Niners hold them to 17. D'Amico Ryan's in this defense, despite the Patrick secondary, is doing a phenomenal job. Right. I, th I think what they did in, in terms of the rush plan there was was very good. I mean, Kyler, we've talked about this in regards to Lance a little bit, right? And, and, and young quarterbacks needing to learn to step up and through the pocket rather than looking to bail backwards out of the pocket. Um, and Kyler still does that. Like, I, I think he's just kind of always done that. And like, look, he's more athletic than most guys and uh, is probably going to be able to get away with that more than nearly any other quarterback is going to be able to get away with it. But it, it is something that they were very aware of in this game. And yeah, I think the way that they were rushing up field and being more concerned with keeping him in the pocket and, and knowing that when he escapes, he's going to try to do it backwards out of the pocket and being ready to meet him there instead of just kind of thinking he's going to be a sitting target right in the middle of the pocket and going and looking like an idiot because you whiff and can't tackle the guy, right? So I think, yeah, they, they did a great job in that respect. Um, I think from a coverage standpoint, they did, I mean, really exactly what I thought that they were going to do when we talked about in the preview, which, which is going to, which was they, they really went out of their way to limit explosive plays. I think they've sat in a lot of quarters and it was a lot of soft shells and, and they were given a lot of cushion underneath and uh yeah and, and i think it largely worked i mean the, the first drive you know that arizona had they did a good job of taking what was there underneath and and looked really efficient but it it didn't hold and then eventually you you know you're 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 seeing murray hold on to the ball longer because he wants those plays down the field the the pass rush has a little bit more time to get there then you fit in the rush plan stuff and and keeping him contained and i think yeah it worked uh overall very well i mean when you look at the explosive plays they only managed Arizona did three in the passing game and two of them were just absurd plays. I mean, you mentioned the Rondell Moore catch on the sideline, like 
there's no defense for that. Like you can't beat that. Yeah. yeah. Like there, there's nothing that you're going to do about that. Um, excellent throw and catch. And even, and then the very first one was a back shoulder throw to Hopkins where, I mean, Norman's already mugging him. Like he's already getting pass interference yeah. on the play. Like, and he's still even can't when stop Norman it. cheats. Yeah. They're still going to complete it. <laughs> uh, and, and so, yeah, those are two good plays, uh, by some very good players and, and that's going to happen sometimes, but, the only one, I mean, and, and this was obviously a big one in the game, but is that one at the end there uh, where Murray did manage to escape and he throws up that prayer jump ball to Hopkins and, and Jimmy Ward just badly misplays it very badly. Just no awareness of where Hopkins is at. Like he looks like he's back there thinking he's all alone about ready to feel the punt. You know, he's just like backing yeah. up to the spot that the ball is going to hit the ground and Hopkins just stands there and goes up and gets it right. Like you got to be ready to challenge that you got to be aware of where the offensive player is and so that one hurt um for sure but i i think overall the game plan was clear that they wanted to limit those and and they were mostly successful in doing that you know nick bosa continued to do some nick bosa things and he had some really good pressures had another sack this game but eric armstead man he had himself a game and especially when the cardinals were backed up into their own end zone i mean he was single-handedly blowing everything up from setting the edge anytime they needed to go outside to that side or you know i getting held in the end zone um or getting it was it was close to the end zone the rest probably got it right but you know what we'll go ahead and say we almost want that safety um but i mean he was just destroying people left and right eric armstead is someone we probably haven't talked enough about over the last few weeks but he is playing really really well he's you know i think the question when the niners re-signed him was was he going to be able to play up to his contract and and i think so far he is playing up to his contract and he is playing like he is one of the top edge players in the league and day in and day or game in and game out he is just destroying people and and it really helped the niners stay in this game especially late when he started to take over yeah i think it's been nice that you know he's and this is what always felt like the best use for him but when he can kick inside and you get Ford and Bose on the edge like that's the best version of this pass rush right like yeah um I, I think it's fine if if you want to play Armstead you know in in base situations on the outside as an edge like go for it right like uh especially in in run heavy situations like he's going to be great out there it's going to be very difficult for whether it's a tackle or you're going to get a lot of matchups against tight ends in those situations too. And that is not going to go well for them. So uh, yeah, I, I understand the the desire to put him out there then, but when they can kick him inside as a pass rusher on your, your heavy passing situation stuff, like I think it just makes such a big difference um, having that presence there and, and being able to, even if it's just keeping bodies off of bosa and ford right on on the edge like that's a a huge win for them so yeah i think he's been playing well yeah so i think that now you think about the easier part of the schedule starting and these three games all at different times felt winnable and for lots of different reasons the niners ended up not winning them and you know close games one score games or coin flips the niners have at this point been i think on the receiving end of not having the better quarterback and and that basically is the case in, in almost all three of these instances it goes back to just a player two from the quarterback making a, a player a throw that the defense just you know eventually breaks because that's what happens when offensive teams have good quarterbacks and they have the better quarterback and that's that well now you get to a stretch in the schedule after the bye where you get the colts the bears before you get the cardinals again 
And if the Niners can do something similar and and play the Cardinals really hard, especially uh, at home, which, by the way, this sounded like a home game on the broadcast. That was awesome <laughs> to hear. You hear the juice chants. It was really loud. Like, good yeah. to everyone who went to that game as a Niners fan. Well, the hell done. But if you win the next two games, you get back up, uh, you know, basically to, to four and three um, and, and then win against the Cardinals... Now you're in a much better position, I think. Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, I think, for the Niners at this point. They needed they really needed a win out of these one win out of these three games to keep things on schedule. Yeah, I mean, not getting not getting a single win, you know, with all those being uh, NFC teams that are gonna be in playoff contention. Well, Seattle probably not anymore with without Russell Wilson, but we didn't you know know that at the time. Uh, but yeah, I, I think like not being able to grab one of those games, especially with two of them at home, right? You get green Bay and Seattle at home. Um, you'd like to come away with at least one of those, but yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, every single loss has been by one score. Um, and I do think it was, yeah, I mean, it's largely been the quarterback play and they, they just really have not gotten many fortunate bounces. Like they, they just haven't. And, and that's not to say that like. Um, you know, there's something like it's not a, a I don't think it's a ref thing against them or like, you know, any anything like that. It's just like sometimes you in games, you have things that bounce your way and sometimes you don't. And you don't have a lot of control over those things. And right now they are just kind of on the unlucky end. I mean, the the Dante Johnson play was, I mean, the closest they've had to that. Right. Where you just you get a, a big play, a big turnover at a key moment like like, fuck, is that the first time that happened all year, right? Like, it, it went, when it just felt like they really needed something and then they got that thing. Um, so that was, yeah, I, I think almost a little shocking to see. But they just don't have enough of those. It feels like in those critical situations right now, they are just continuously, for one reason or another, coming up just a little bit short. And that's been the difference in these three games. And I think that'll be the difference as long as, I mean, they should hopefully get a little bit more turnover luck, you know, a little bit more uh, of that type of stuff. But there's a good chance in a lot of games that they're going to be at a deficit at the quarterback position compared to their opponent, especially the games that are going to matter, right? Um, and so they do need to, I mean, I think the the Indianapolis game, the Chicago game, and then once you get beyond the, the divisional stuff there, I mean, that final like stretch in November, December, especially, they need to be lights out there. If, if they have any chance to make the playoffs, like you have to win those games against the AFC South teams, you know, against Atlanta, against Cincinnati, you can't give those ones up. And, and I think that's ultimately what their season is going to come down to. All right, let's get to a couple of odds and ends before we get out of here. Um, one, I guess I, I forgot to mention this on the front end, but uh, it's the bye week. So we're not going to do a Thursday pod. We're probably going to do a midweek pod early next week. Um, and then we're going to come back and do the regular two pod week thing when we get to the um, the, the next week. But a um, couple things from the game, I think, that we should just chat about a little bit. One is the batted passes. It felt like Trey Lance had an inordinate amount of batted passes. Um, is that something that you think is uh, an area of concern or something the Niners should worry about? Or is that just like J.J. Watt is good at this and he puts his hands up? I yeah, mean, Trey Lance is six four. You're only supposed to worry about that for short quarterbacks, right? I thought that's yep. Kyler Murray gets yeah. his passes batted all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it's hard, especially this early, to say um, that it's anything to be concerned about. I mean, I think it's it's pretty fluky. Um, most of the time, I don't think there's been many situations where quarterbacks have shown that this is like 
a sticky thing with them and, and it just kind of constantly shows up, right? I think, yeah, obviously uh, Watt got in on, um, on that and he's like one of the best ever maybe at, at, at uh, getting his hands up and knocking those passes down. So, I mean, that's going to be uh, certainly a part of it. But yeah, I, I think a lot of it's unlucky and even some of them, I mean, like the uh, the one that we talked about, the where he had the unrushed guy in his face, like it's not really a bad at pass. His arm's getting hit mid throw, yeah. right? So there's like, Things like that, too, that are coming up. And and so, yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned about it. All right. And uh, the holding calls and penalties. Um, I think that Mark Sanchez did a good job. I think Mark, first of all, I, I think Mark Sanchez has a great been job great. on these broadcasts. Absolutely. I, I think he is one of the, he's one of the better color guys that I listen to or have watched of all of the people that we watch, I think, on Sundays. I mean, you've got Tony Romo, of course, who's in the elite stratosphere of, of color guys, but Sanchez is doing the right things. He's pointing out the right things. He's identifying things that matter. He's explaining them well. And and I think he's doing a great job like this. He Dude, found his calling, man. I think uh, I think Romo really showed these guys because it, it felt like, I mean, we've had obviously plenty of quarterbacks in the booth previous um, to, to Romo getting up there. And so, yeah, I, I think Romo just kind of showed everybody that you don't have to get in there and dumb it down. Like, tell us the things that you're seeing as a quarterback because you're the one that has a unique knowledge of, of what's happening here. You're the one that has the most cohesive picture of what's happening offensively, defensively. Like, it, it just makes sense for these guys to go in there and be good. And I think Romo finally showed guys that, like, they don't have to hide it. They don't have to, like, try to dumb it down and make it overly simple. Like, you can get into a little bit more of those details. And, yeah, I agree. He's been fantastic, but I think a lot of the, I mean, we've talked about Aikman at different points getting better since Romo's got there. Like, I, I think it's just now we're seeing quarterbacks being a little bit more willing to open up in the booth, and it's been great. Well, and, and he, I think, identified what is some of the issue and, and why I think the Niners are seeing more holding calls with Trey Lance under center. And it is because when the quarterback breaks the pocket, now what refs are looking for is they're looking for that extension. They're looking for the shoulder and they're looking for, you know, the pull. And, you know, they're on the edge, it's a lot easier to see the hold than it is when you're not on the edge or in the pocket. Um, the, the Niners, I think, did see an increase in holding calls in this game because of the way Trey Lance plays. And, and even Mark Sanchez said it, but it is an adjustment period. I think the offensive line has to get used to what the quarterback is going to do. They have to get used to how he's going to play. And, and I think that when Trey Lance ends up assuming the starting role um, sometime, you know, I guess next year, if Shanahan is to be believed, um, then that is going to take time for the offensive line to learn. And once they do, you'll start to see those drop. Yeah, I, I think like with with holding, you have really two types of holding calls as, a, as an offensive one, right? You've got the ones that you're beat and you basically tackle the guy or, or do whatever, right? And and it's it's you being a poor pass protector on that play and, and that's what ultimately leads to the holding, right? And then you have ones that, yeah, are more like discipline related, which is are, are those situations when the quarterback breaks the pocket and you can't see it. And and what what's happening, right, is is the defender can see where the quarterback is moving and he's looking to disengage and go chase after where the quarterback's headed, right? And, and as the offensive lineman, you can't see that. And so you just have to be disciplined and not when when the defender looks to disengage, you can't grab him and try to keep him close, right? It, it's just a matter of of learning that you've got to let him go in those situations. And like if if Lance brings pressure on him when he does that, like that's on him, right? That's not your job. And like you can't prevent that. It was it was like really close to that. There was the one play 
Um, I forget if it was a designed run or um, I think it was. I think it was a designed run. But either way, like Lance is, is basically running off to the left. It was one of the, the or it was the Travis Benjamin holding call that was kind of near oh, the line yeah. of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. And you see Lance like initially like he's, you know, uh, Benjamin is is blocking that guy out to the sideline. And so Lance, I would, would have loved to have seen Lance up. cut inside. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the leverage of the block is. Right. And, and so if, if Lance suddenly decides to bounce it outside, well, that's against the leverage of the block. And that's exactly what Benjamin did. Right. Is he just like grabbed a hold of him um, be, because that was there was nothing else to do. Right. And so those are things that are, are really kind of more on Lance. Right. And and is is tough to pin on um the blockers in those situations yeah uh, all right well anything else you want to hit before we get out of here uh no no i think like overall um it was a much better performance than than i think we expected going in i think what we saw from trey lance uh i think fits and if we do get any more significant playing time from him this season like i, I think this is about what you should expect right against maybe some worse defenses things might look a little prettier and, and he might get some more big plays mixed in um, but I think it's going to largely be a bit of a roller coaster with him as a passer. And, and I think you hope that he can continue to make plays with his legs. I mean, dude had like, what did he finish with? Like 16, 17 carries or something like that. And he was the, he was a leading rusher. He ended up with yeah. like 87 yards. Um, and he was, uh, yeah, it was 16 carries for 89 yards and uh, I imagine and a long of 15. Imagine a few of those, uh, you know, of course were scrambles, but yeah, I think he was probably in like the. 11 12 range in terms of designed rushing attempts so uh yeah i think that's probably gonna be the way things roll when he's out there uh, most of the time and so yeah i think this was a good early look at, at what we can expect from lance yeah and so i think that the if the niners do go back to garoppolo though i think lance is going to go back to learning on the bench um maybe in his development right now that's what he needs um but I think if the Niners are at, right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is a better thrower all around. Um, and so, you know, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening and if the Niners can help Shanahan get his cake and eat it too, right? Win enough games to still make the playoffs, um, give Lance a redshirt year, yeah. and then go from there. But this is the Trey Lance experience. It's exciting. He does some wonderful things. It's a lot of fun to watch. There's some head scratchers, um, <laughs> but ultimately, the Niners played well enough to win in a game that they did not. And now they go into the bye week hopefully try to get healthy uh, and come back and, and play some winnable games at the other end of the bye. Uh, so that does it for this week's edition of the Better Rivals pod. Uh, David, tell about the Patreon, how people are watching our mostly sunburned faces right now. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash Better Rivals. Hit us up. Buy us a beer. Check out all of the hot content. We got the, the live streams of the pods uh, that are going up there. Uh, of course, you can just watch the video. You don't have to be on live. You can watch uh, the the video version on YouTube if that's more your thing. We've got the the video breakdowns that come out midweek. Um, we've got of course the Discord, which is a lot of fun. A lot of fun on game days. Nice place to hang out. Do it. You can follow me on Twitter at Better Rivals. Thanks again for tuning in. As always, go Niners. <laughs>